Hey everyone, Carrie Beck here with Homeschool Coffee Break, where we try to help you stop the overwhelm, simplify your homeschool so you can go take a coffee break. Hey, uh, we are concluding our third part of our Attitude Adjustment Series. This has been a great series. We've gotten some great feedback on it. Um, so let me do a little bit of a review. Then we're going to dive into two words that I think are very important for you to know to be able to move forward and deal with your kids' attitude. They are inspiring and motivating. So let's talk a little bit about what we've already talked about. The first part, if you missed any of these, you can go back and watch the replay. But the first part was all about tending our child's heart. Let's be really honest. We need to deal with our child's heart. We can change their behavior, behavior modification. And when they're young, sometimes that's exactly what we need to do. We don't want them running out in the middle of the street. We want them to obey instantly because we can see the car and they can't. We don't want them touching the hot stove because they will burn themselves. So there are things just for safety reasons that we need to do. But as your kids grow up, we really need to go to the heart, especially the teens. I answered a few questions last week about teenagers. Um, and if that's an issue with them feeling like you're cramming God down their throat or something, uh, go back and listen to those two. We're going to conclude a little bit with teens today as well. So first was tending your child's heart. The second one was consistency, consistency and character. And I will tell you, I think it is so important that if their mom and dad are on the same page, one of the things we did, and you can go back and listen to all of it, is put it on God's shoulder. I'll talk about these at the end, but we have these following God charts to help you be consistent and think ahead of time about what you want to do in different situations. I wished that I had this because most of the time I was make, I'm in the dining room and they'd be over there you know, arguing or screaming or whatever. And as I'm walking over there thinking, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Why not think ahead of time and then be more consistent? So the same reward and consequence are always there. So go back and listen to part two. Today, what we want to talk about today is motivating or inspiring. Whether you're listening to the replay or this live, I would love for you to tell me, what do you think the difference is? Or is there a difference between motivating our child and inspiring our child. What is motivating? I'm going to give you a second and let me know what do you think motivating is. That's exactly right. Something, a lot of times we encourage our kids because we're trying to get them to do something they don't want to do. So we give them a reward and which is this, and this is okay. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and for those of y'all on the podcast, I'm holding up my charts, my following God charts. But um, a lot of times we are motivating them to do something they don't want to do. But inspiring, what does it mean to inspire someone? Leave a comment and let me know what you think inspire means. Think about this word inspire, in spirit meaning we need to go in within their spirit, within their heart and look at each child individually. What is their heart? Because they're all different, just like you and I are different. And we need to bring out what's already in them. That is what an inspiring person does. That's what an inspiring parent does. And sometimes I'm gonna be honest, it's hard to do it 24 seven. 
But sometimes we can think ahead of time of ways, if your kids are constantly arguing, think of some things that would inspire them to not argue. If you have a child that's 14 with a bad attitude and they are constantly on this, that lovely little telephone, what would inspire them to get off that screen? Now, I've got a whole series on screens. I'm not going to go into screens because that is an issue. But I don't think that just a new way of talking or a new way of doing something is just going to magically change your child's lack of motivation or inspiration. I think there are two things that you need to do to inspire. The first, and these are my two E's, okay? Make it easy for you. Didn't even think about that. E, number one, every day. I mean, example. Already gave it away. Example and every day. But let's talk about example. You need to be an example. My um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law were telling me about their son and daughter-in-law. And their, this was several years ago. Their daughter-in-law um didn't know, didn't like math. So she would just tell her son when he was trying to figure out math, oh, math's too hard. And she would just give up. What kind of example? Are you inspiring your child to be able to deal with the problems of figuring out what that math is? No. Are you leading by example? That's what Raising Leaders Not Followers is all about. We need to lead by example and we need to do it also, not just in the academic area, but even more importantly, in the spiritual area and the character area are you leading with godly character if you are always on this screen then you are that's what your kids are going to do let's be really honest they are going to follow your example and that can be a positive or a negative i've told the story about when uh, steve told me to quit rolling his eyes at me at him and i was like i'm not rolling my eyes at you two weeks later Ashley rolled her eyes at me. She was like six years old. And I thought, oh my goodness. I didn't tell her to roll her eyes. She just learned by example. So it can be positive or negative. I had to apologize to Steve. I had to apologize to Ashley. And we had to change our behavior. And both of us had to change our attitude about submitting to authority. On the opposite side, on the keep Ashley right there. She and her husband, Jesse, are extremely generous. They gave my sister uh, their washer and dryer when they got a brand new one, which was a perfectly working washer and dryer. They gave me a washer one year for Christmas because I need it. Jesse is constantly helping me with things that I need and upgrading my computer and my laptop and all sorts of things. They are generous by example. And so their children are generous. I remember this was a while back. The girls were like four, five, six, seven years old, somewhere in there. And they uh, would take their uh, the toys that they weren't using, or one of them actually got a doll that they never played with and gave it to uh, someone that needed, that didn't have a doll. They had a book about the farm and their little cousin at the time was two years old. And they were like, mom, can we take this to Landry's house so she can have this book? That is a generous spirit. They had a dress that they knew Landry would enjoy wearing at the time. So they also brought a dress for her. So it wasn't mom packing everything up. It was the four and the six-year-old asking if they could give their things to um, their little cousin. How are you leading by example when it comes to character building, when it comes to attitude adjustment? If they hear you complaining, 
about people at church complaining about people in your homeschool co-op complaining about your husband or your mother-in-law or something else. They're going to complain and they're not going to want to do it. You need to examine your heart and ask God to examine you first. Be sure that you are leading by example in the character realm, which also goes along with spiritual realm too. Number two, every day. If you just wait to teach them by lecture, they are not going to get it. But if you drop little hints while you're driving from here to dance or to soccer practice or to the soccer game like we did, um, on Saturday, I was just with them, you know, and they're saying something that maybe we need to examine their attitude about something. Do it in little bitty increments. I will tell you, I believe little bitty increments are better than a big lecture. They don't even listen to the lecture a lot of times. Pay attention to real life situations and object lessons that you can use. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare. And sometimes we wait till we blow and we use harsh words and that doesn't accomplish anything. But if you can notice something that you need to talk to them about, pull them over, go into another room, get down on their level and speak in a gentle voice. That's gonna have a lot bigger effect. So make good behavior everyday conversation at the dinner table. If you've seen something that week, don't bring it up with them particularly pose a situation and ask them what they think they should do in that situation. It can be the same thing that they are struggling with. Use it as dinner table conversation. Short talks are better than long lectures. Now, if they are saying that they don't care when you ask them why they're doing something or why, why they have a bad attitude, and you're like, well, I don't care. There is probably a root reason. That may not be the time to it. Maybe take them out for ice cream or lunch or something. Get them one-on-one -on -one and just talking about fun things, things they enjoy, and then bring up that little situation. Number one thing I think is to ask questions and keep asking questions. Sort of that Socratic dialogue that I teach in Raising Leaders, Not Followers. It is just as true with um, character building as well. Maybe it's a fear of failure. That's why they don't care. Maybe they have failed before and so they don't care because they don't want to walk through that again. Maybe they're very embarrassed about something. And so we need to find out what is the root reason why they don't care. The other thing is I think you need to give them a reason why. A lot of times it is putting God on their shoulders, but if you're waiting until they are a teenager and putting God on their shoulders, you're going to have to do a little backtracking and starting to build respect for God, starting to build a heart to follow God because they may not have that. This is something I personally believe can begin in the womb at birth, and you need to be teaching respect for God, fear of God, obedience to God. Give it back to God, but you can give them other reasons. Because of your safety, we don't run out in the street. Because of your safety, you pull the seatbelt on or whatever. How does it benefit your child? And so I think that is something else to be important. Now, I will tell you with teens, again, you need to have many discussions. It can be a discussion from here to the soccer practice or basketball or wherever you go. A five-minute conversation, you can talk, you could you don't talk, you listen. Throw a question out. A lot I just found that when my kids were in the car, they talked more often. 
and find special times that you can be with each one of them one-on-one. -on -one. I've already told you about the lunches. Steve would, I mean, he did a lot of things, but I just remember towards the end when the kids were about say 12 to 17, somewhere in there, um, you know, every week on Wednesday, he took someone out to lunch. First week, Ashley. Second Wednesday, uh, Gentry. Third Wednesday, Hunter. And fourth Wednesday, me. That was what he did. Every Wednesday, he had a lunch date with someone in his family. Now, your husband may or may not be doing that or be able to, but you can do something. Even if it's put everyone into quiet time in their room except one person, and they get 10 minutes with mom or 15 minutes, and maybe you bake cookies, or maybe you do something special that is important. Maybe you make a crossword, a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, and as you're making it, you talk to them. They don't even realize what they're doing. So if Susanna Wesley had 19 kids and can be able to talk to her kids, it wasn't one kid every day, all, every kid every day. I think it was over a two-week period, but she spent time individually with at least one every single day. And she did something else that I want to conclude with. And then I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, um, our following God charts, because I truly believe they help you stay consistent and stay focused on the Bible. And that is Susanna Wesley spent time every single day praying. I can't remember who the man was, but he was like, the more things I have to do today, the more time I need to spend in prayer because I won't make it through the day. So I just got to get up earlier at four in the morning and you're going, oh my gosh. And that's how I feel sometimes now. Now I will tell you when my kids were younger, I did get up at four in the morning sometimes to take care of things. But I think the best thing that you can do and the place you need to begin if you want attitude adjustment is pray, pray, and pray some more. Prayer is going to lead to peace. Susanna Wesley. Back in the Middle Ages, we're talking cooking over a fire. Her husband is in debtor's jail. She is taking care of all of them and basically running a church and serving the community all on her own. Every afternoon, if you saw her sitting in her chair and she had her apron over her head, her kids knew, do not talk to her. She was praying. The other thing she did that I think is interesting, totally off subject, she gave her kids a great education, an elite education, where they were learning to read by the time they were four and five and six years old. And um, uh, that's a whole other subject. But she knew prayer was the basis of survival, basically. It was also the basis of her relationship with God. She wanted to spend time with him. Pray, pray, and pray some more. What do you pray for? And you are going to pray for wisdom peace and strength for yourself and your spouse. You need to pray for your child's heart, for your child's attitude. And I would pray that you can work together with your spouse so you are have a united front. Even when Steve and I didn't agree on things, we pretty much did not disagree in front of the kids. That's a double negative. If we did not agree, we were in the bedroom talking about it. We were not going to disagree in front of them because then they're like, oh, mom and dad don't agree. We just get them to not agree and then we don't have to do anything. So that was something that we agreed. We were going to have a united front that usually meant I needed to let go of it and just follow whatever he said and submit to that. And then we could talk about it behind closed doors. So pray, pray, and pray some more. Now, in closing, I do have one more date. It ends tomorrow. Our character building, our character training toolkit bundle. 
and it is on sale for $19. It's a value of $50. It comes with all three of these charts. If you missed it, all they're all different. So, you know, every one of them has different things, but they all have six sets of character qualities. If you're listening to the podcast, just click the link and you can see what I'm talking about. But this one is making peace and arguing. There's a verse for each one and a space for you to write what happens in your family when we're making peace and when we're arguing. And that way, when they're arguing, you just go in the bedroom, say, hey, guys, come on, let's go to the kitchen. Let's go look on the refrigerator. What does it say? And you read that verse. Well, here's our consequences. This is what God says, and this is how we implement what God says. Not sure in the ebook, you get a bunch of ideas. These are just some suggestions that you can use. Now, this is digital. I printed it out on cardstock and laminated it. You could just print it out on paper and put it out and then print a new one out when you need a new one. So you're going to get a set of all three of these. You're going to get our Achieving Peace video workshop. You'll also get our Manners ebook, and in the bundle you get a mini chart. So you could work on just one of these and you can get a mini chart that just has that individual one. Or maybe you're doing obeying and disobeying and you just put that one thing on the refrigerator or wherever you put it. Each one of these two character qualities is on a mini chart for you to use and be able to put up and focus on it. The thing that makes it consistent is, uh, and I think godly characters, one, we're always going back to scripture. And what does God have to say about this? Not what mom and dad, we're going to God because we are, we want the Holy Spirit to come in and show us how to live. And we want to live empowered by him. So we're going to follow him. So then God has called us here right now. This is what our reward is when you are a peacemaker or obeying. And this is what our consequence is. Now, the other thing is, I think it's important that you talk to your children beforehand and show them and tell them what the reward and consequence is. And if they're, you know, afterwards say, you're not sure what we're going to do, just go to the refrigerator and look. And there it is all set out for you. So I believe that is one way that you can actually keep it on God's shoulders and stay consistent between mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, babysitter, whoever comes over. They know what's expected of them as well. All right, if you have questions, let me know. Otherwise, you can go look at the link, grab our bundle. If you are listening to it today or tomorrow, then you can get that discount and get it for $19. It's still a really good deal, even if you just get the bundle price, but that will still save you a lot of money. Hey, I'm Carrie back with Homeschool Coffee Break. We'll talk to you next time.